Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 147, presented by Ball is Life. Here, t- heading towards the end of the year. Uh, it's been a great year, and we're going to have, should have a great 223. Like I said, uh, with my co hosts, Chelsea Hopkins and Ani Umana. Guys, how are you guys doing? I'm doing hey. great, Ronnie. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, just got back from Phoenix. Uh, obviously, a lot of things happening in basketball at all levels. Was watching, uh, the Sierra Canyon Christ the King game on TV not too long ago from when we filmed this pod last night. It's Tuesday the 13th. So, again, we appreciate everybody tuning in pretty much every week. We try to go about 40, 45 times a year. And we're obviously going to be off uh, while we travel for uh, basketball events. And, and this is an important time of the year for the top teams as they travel across the country. Uh, Ani, let's just start to get into it. Uh, just tell us a little bit of where you've been and then uh, where you're going to go the next couple of weeks heading into 223. Well, you know, I went to the Iverson Classic, you know, Stephen Jackson Invitational. So I was in St. Louis uh, last week, was in Memphis uh, this, uh, well, St. Louis two weeks ago, Memphis this past week. uh, I saw some really good basketball, like SoCal Academy Combine, uh, Dynamic Prep. uh, Saw some pretty quality teams. Um, Going forward, you know, I'll be in New York. uh, So I'll get to see Christ the King and Cardinal Hayes. That should be a big time matchup even though both teams kind of are coming off a loss. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll get into that a little later. Both teams want to turn it around. Right, right. Uh, but that should be a big-time game. I'll be at Tark uh, for for a few days, and sure. then after Christmas, Whataburger. So, you know, this time yeah. – no, there's no time of year where I'm not traveling, so it'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that Whataburger will take you into the 30, 31st, mm-hmm. and then it'll be New Year's. This is coming up quick. Uh you know, this for me, I'll be at Tark with, with you a few days. And, and obviously, it's now NBA certified. I was just at Who Paul West. I saw, got to saw teams from all over the country, including Duncanville. And, and it was a good event. It's a pretty good event every year. But there's a lot of up and down. We, we have a new number ones, and we'll get into the little Fab 50 later on. But basically, there's a new number one team in the country, Paul the Six. They started number three. Uh, you know, Arizona Compass Prep, they they jumped up to number one for the first time in program history. And now Paul VI is number one for the first time in program history. And, and like you said, Ani, if you, in the last few pods, it's probably just going to be a season like that. You know, uh, Arizona Compass Prep is not shooting the three ball well. Teams are zoning them and they lose. And then they come back, they play good defense. So they got a win over Wasatch, the avenging win from their loss. But then they lost to IMG Academy. And again, those top teams are going to knock each other around a bit, as we talked about. 
And, and Chelsea, for you, how are you guys doing in your season? You know, tell us about a little bit about your pro season and what you guys got going into the new year. Yeah, uh, well, we're still in round one. So the way the Israeli league work, Israeli women's league works is there's 10 teams and yeah. you basically do a home and away. Um, sure. So that's basically the regular season. Then after that, uh, they take the top six teams and they do like another round robin of five games um, to basically see who has the best cumulative record. And then the top four teams will go into the semifinals and the finals for the, uh, to decide the champion. Uh, so right now, my team, we are sitting at fourth place of 10. Um, we're a game behind third. Uh, like I said, we're still in the first round. So we have two more games to close out the first round. Um, and we're doing pretty solid. Um, overall, um, everybody's kind of working out the kinks right now. Um, Israel is uh, a league where they make a lot of changes and a lot of transactions. So you see the wow. teams constantly kind of switching out Americans, um, you know, every couple of games or so. But But my team, you know, we haven't really reached our peak in terms of how good we can be, um, but we're still finding a way to win these games. Um, I particularly haven't really played that great. Um, I was a little banged up coming from Tunisia, um, so I'm finally getting my legs back under me. Um, but we're still winning. We're still solid. We have a positive record, so you know I'm going to get better. I feel we'll get better as a team, and hopefully we're clicking at the right time uh, when the playoffs come around a couple months from now. Gotcha. So tell us about what a – because this is going to go into our next segment. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner a little bit. Obviously, she's returned from Russia prison to the United States soil. But speaking of that, she's obviously not playing right now. But, you know, what, what, what would a high-end WNBA player do right now that's not overseas, kind of is it rehab, resting their body, compared to a player who's going to play in both seasons? Is, is like, the practice schedule normal? Um, do, do the coaches in Europe? Kind of understand, hey, this player is maybe going to, you know, uh, go through the practice, but maybe it's not going to be going full bore. Or do they expect full bore practices all the way to the championships? And then the players maybe have a few weeks and then they got to join their WNBA training camp. Talk a little bit about that and what the average pro does. Yeah, well, obviously it depends on who the player is. Um, sure. The CBA agreement went up in the WNBA. So a lot of the girls are electing kind of to stay home. If you're one of those max players on a team, uh, you're yeah. making $225,000. Uh, you know, which is good money for a five-month summer league. That is the WNBA, you know. So, sure. um, you know, some people you see, like Asia Wilson, for example, with the Aces, she, you know, elects to stay home. Uh, Kelsey Plum had a small procedure recently. She's played overseas in Turkey, but she's been home the last couple of years. Um, so typically, I would say it kind of just really depends on who you are. You see high-level uh, WNBA players going overseas as well. And when you're overseas, I mean, it's all in. Overseas is typically paying more than WNBA. So when they're bringing these players here, they're expecting you to be available, perform, and do your thing. Now, obviously, um, in terms of practice and stuff like that, it depends on the player. You know, I was teasing you guys about how I practice every day, but I'm a vet and I'm older. And, you know, am I going balls out and practice like I do in the games? You know, absolutely not. So it kind of just depends on who you are. Um, but I'm present in every practice. I know most teams expect everybody to be present in practice. Uh, but for the most part, they want you to perform in these games. And a lot of the WNBA players, in my opinion, um, enjoy this time overseas because you get the opportunity to kind of be who you feel you can be in the WNBA, but don't always get to showcase, you know, those skills. You know, if I'm a WNBA player playing over here, you know, and maybe I'm the only one of my kind on my team, then, yeah, I get to shoot all the balls and, you know, kind of get creative, work on some stuff maybe I don't get to do in the WNBA. So it's really a chance to kind of, 
uh, get your game off um, and work on some things that maybe you're not so great at in the league that you that you want to improve. So um, sure. collectively, I'm saying that the girls are all in. They're going hard. They're making more money here. Yeah. And um, they are going to, you know, kind of hit the ground running. Most of these leagues kind of transition right into WNBA. You come home, you have a small break, a couple weeks, maybe a month max, and then you're jumping into training camp and it's time to get going. Yep, that makes sense. So, so it, it, that totally makes sense. They, they paint well, so they expect you guys to be, um, you know, 100% available and giving your all. So that, that makes sense. And, you know, obviously these high school teams give their all. And so the college teams and, and you know, NBA, it, it, there's various levels. People think that is, and we've talked about that over, over the years. And obviously, but the NBA right now is very competitive in terms of balance besides, you know, the top seed would it be Boston and, and, or maybe in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's taking some losses, but all the other teams are hovering in the 500, whether it's 12 and 14 or 11 and 15. Every game seems pretty big. I went to a couple of NBA games, and, yeah, there, it seems like there's a lot of maybe people are trying to think of who's going to be moving. Ani, do you see any of that? Do you see one team out there that you might think, like, if they make a move, they're going to – a trade or some kind of move that they're it'll help their fortunes, whereas most teams are, like, in that middle ground. I don't know if they're trying to tank for this draft or not. Is, is, what do you think so far in this uh, season as we head toward Christmas? Well, like you said, it is really balanced. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Boston was a team that, yeah. uh, well, they're still like, top seed, but they've taken two tough losses. Um, sure. Milwaukee, uh, Memphis has a good record. You know, Brooklyn Nets, you know, we, we were kind of down in them early, but, you know, they coming around, and I think they're 17 and 11. But you got yeah. teams like the Mass are like 14 and 13. Like you said, Ronnie, there's a lot of teams that are slightly above 500, right at 500. I don't really necessarily see a team if they make a trade and just take them over the top. Yeah. Um, I just think teams, coaches, and just need to figure out their rotations. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, right now you're seeing teams really play with rotations and get, you know, which uh, lineups they're going to finish with, you know. Yeah. Give this guy 25 minutes. In reality, he's probably like a 10-minute guy, which probably cost you that game. Uh, so I think you're seeing a lot of that. I think once we see teams actually just, you know, really get a grip on what the rotation is, and obviously it's still fairly early in the 82-game season. You're talking about maybe 30 games at the max the team has played. Then yeah. you'll see more uh, – you'll see, I think, more of a, a, a variance <laughs> right? uh, and just see more of a lead on, like, you, your three – your top three and four seeds are going to be four or five games ahead of, you know, the seventh and eighth seed. Right now you're just seeing – there ain't no difference between the fourth seed and the ninth seed. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. I don't well, know. It'll be some good games. Yeah, yeah, it'll be some, be some good games. I don't necessarily think it's a, a trade that's going to propel a team over the top. I think it's just being healthy and tighten up your rotations when the time comes. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, speaking of the NBA, the NBA kind of uh, took us took made a press release and, and announced that they've kind of renamed many of its regular season MVP awards. They designed the uh, Michael Jordan Trophy. And five other, uh, you know, kind of like redos of trophies over league pioneers. So the Jordan is the MVP trophy, obviously won five MVPs. The Hakeem Olajuwon Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Will Chamberlain Trophy for Rookie of the Year. John Havlicek's uh, being named for the sixth man of the year. And George Mikan for the most improved. I don't know somebody maybe saw George Mikan improve over time. Ooh. You know, that's quite a while ago. But I guess that's just to get the young fans kind of, um, 
you know, acclimated with the older guys. Uh, Chelsea, what, what do you think of that? And, uh, you know, is it cool thing? It's just to kind of enjoy the history of the NBA or like, do you think, you know, just the marketing of it is uh, necessary or, or do you think that's a cool gesture? Uh, I mean, I think it's a cool gesture. I don't mind it at all. Um, obviously, a little marketing goes into it, uh, you know, maybe create a little camaraderie, uh, you know, to have the players want to fight for, you know, these awards. But I don't I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Um, I like sure. that they used, you know, uh, former like prolific players that, you know, made a big impact in the league um, in terms of naming the awards. Um, so I think it's a cool gesture. I mean, I don't really think anybody's thinking too much into it. I think the NBA is just trying to get creative. You know, they talked about, you know, maybe doing an in-season tournament similar to the WNBA. Like, they're just kind of coming up with stuff to, you know, uh, keep keep the league going pretty much. Like, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, the Michael Jordan trophy seemed cool. Uh, you know, I don't know the the awards named after. I don't really the Wilt Chamberlain Rookie of the Year. I guess Wilt was the best rookie ever. <laughs> Obviously, Wilt just came in like dominating. We we talked about that before, like how good a player is. Mm-hmm. And, and most people think Wilt was the best player in the world while he was with the Harlem Globetrotters, even at Kansas. So he came in dominating right away. Um, yeah, it, it'd be pretty interesting to see how those goes. I I, I don't have any thoughts on on you know MVP yet or anything like that. Uh, obviously, rookie of the year. We talked about Paulo Banchero probably being in the lead, but there's still a lot of games to go. Uh, six man of the year. I don't really have a read on that either. I mean, it's, it's very early. Like Russ. we said, these teams are balanced. You think you Russ, she likes Russ. Russell Westbrook, <laughs> six man of the year. Ami, yes. I have to win a basketball game. Yes. yes, they are figuring it out. Okay, I've seen some positive things over the last 30 days. You know, not you know super positive, but you know they they. They lifted my spirits a little bit and the Lakers, and we're not the worst. So that's good. Something might happen. But you're one of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst. This is true. This is true. Yeah. But as you said, Ani, there's a lot of games left in the season, and we may no. make a move or something. As long as we hang in there. Right now, we're what, five games behind? That's not, we can catch up. I'm not saying that we need to be a number one seed. Can we just get in without having to play the play in tournament? That would be great. Wow. Well, we'll see. Like I said, a lot of teams are kind of vying for those middle ground spots. I like the NBA like that. It actually makes it more interesting to me. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. And speaking of positivity, obviously the big news off the off the court since our last pod. Uh, obviously we did the pod talking about Raymond Lewis and, and kind of some of the things he went through as a player compared to what NBA players are doing now. And it kind of uh, something that touched a lot of people is Brittany Griner. Uh, returning to the U.S. In a, in a swap for prisoners, basically. It's pretty crazy that she was a prisoner, but she was swapped for a prisoner. Um, it was, Ani, we'll start with you real quick. Uh, just what's your thoughts? And then, Chelsea, you give us more in a little detail, like what you think, and then also what you've heard from other professional players, and then also, like, just maybe people's uh, thoughts about playing overseas in the future. But go ahead, Ani, we'll start with you. I mean, I'm just happy she's back. She's home and, you know, she looked comfortable, you know, being home and relieved, you know, Lord knows what she dealt with, you know, was it 10 months, nine or 10 months. months. So, I mean, that's just crazy. I'm just happy she's home. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not little. I am disappointed. Just some of the reactions, you know, people are talking about bring her home, bring her home. But then she gets home, they see it's a prisoner swap and they're like, oh, no, like, why do we swap her out for this guy? And I don't know. I just hate that there was a little bit of a change of a narrative. Sure. Um, 
so it was like, did y'all, did people really want her home or was that just a, <laughs> something popular to say at the time? Uh, so, but I'm just yeah. happy she's home and I'm happy she just feels relieved that she, she don't ever have to deal with that, ever, you know, in her life. Sure. Sure. Yeah. My, my thought is that, yeah. Uh, uh, and whenever an American is returned, you know, home, that's a good thing. It is an unfortunate because we don't know that much about the person. Right. Uh, you know, we can read a few things that, you know, he's like a, a merchant in, in arms and things like that. You know, it's a serious thing. But, uh, you know, if some people would say that it, it they knew that this was impending. But why why would it, Russia had all the cards to like we can do it now, we can do it later. We don't have to do it. And we, we didn't have much, you know, leverage in that. So. You know, that the fact that an American is home, regardless of who is not home, there's other prisoners. And I think even the other person that meant people thought that could have been involved in it, even his family was like saying that they're glad that this young lady's home, regardless of his uh, situation. So, right. uh, you know, overall, that's good. Again, how are people going to view Brittany Grant? I don't know. Chelsea, that would be more what I want to get into about, like, you know, are people going to have ill feelings toward her? Um, you know, or the WNBA. This this involves way more people that are that are that follow the WNBA. Obviously, it's a much more of an international and kind of even a political issue. Yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, it was kind of an emotional day uh, when we found out the news about Brittany. Um, yeah. You know, the basketball community is small. All the players, whether you're best friends with her or not, you know, have crossed paths at some point in time, and so you just kind of feared for her a lot of the times uh, or the 10 months that she spent um, over there in Russia. So obviously we were ecstatic when she came home. Um, obviously there's some circumstances, you know, that aren't favorable to necessarily Paul Whalen, the other prisoner that they were trying to um, exchange with her in the deal. But uh, the bottom line is, is we were able to bring an American home. And, and I think sure. that everybody should kind of rejoice in that. Um, I think the whole ordeal in general has become political and, and we made it political too um, upon Britney's arrival. When you see people, you know, saying, oh, we, you know, we swapped a basketball player for, um, you know, uh, arms merchant and, and all these different things. And Donald Trump wouldn't have done it. And Donald Trump would have got this person out and Biden shouldn't have done sure. this. Like, you know, these are human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if we are able to bring somebody home uh, regardless, we, we should always do that. And the thing that I hate about the narrative is, you know, the United States government and the Biden administration have been pretty vocal to the best of their ability about what they were able to do. Um, they made it very clear that it wasn't a Paul Whelan or Brittany Griner situation. Um, they made sure. it very clear that Russia is holding Paul Whelan for espionage and that he's being charged differently and viewed differently. And so they were not able to include him in any package with her, um, you know, even though they tried. So it was a situation where it was Brittany or nobody. And, you know, the U.S. kind of didn't have the leverage and their hands were tied. And, you know, people can sure. say all these different things about us being fleeced in the trade and all that. But, but honestly, I, I just look at it from a perspective as, this is kind of the way the world works. Like we see yeah. in our own our own system how um, people with money or rich people or celebrities evade certain consequences of different things because they have money and they have prestige. And, right. and, and that's kind of just how it works. So th this situation happened because it was Britney. It could only happen because it was Britney. I mean, if they had some random in the prison in Russia, it wouldn't be a big of an ordeal. So unfortunately, that's what it became. 
And the U.S. administration did the right thing by bringing her home. And, and, and we're happy that she's here. Um, from what I've been told, um, she actually stepped foot on the basketball court the other day. Um, she did a workout. Uh, she had her Chuck Taylors on, so she wasn't in, you know, total basketball gear, but just kind of bounced the ball for the first time. And uh, they said she dunked the ball um, and that she was pretty much just, you know, excited to, to be able to do that again, you know, and to be in, you know, a safe place. Uh, so for me, I'm, I just hope that the media and people and WNBA and just everyone that's around can just kind of give Brittany time with whatever she needs to, right. to heal from this process. You know, I hear people saying like, don't rush Brittany back to basketball, you know, let her do this, let her do that. I, I sure. want her to do whatever makes her feel comfortable. So if, if working out and, and getting ready to maybe prepare for this upcoming WNBA season is what she needs, then I'm for it. If she needs therapy and, and time away from basketball and, and media and publicity, then I'm for that too. So, you know, I, I just really feel um, happy, you know, that she's back with us. And, you know, I'm excited to see how, you know, she overcomes this because I know that she will. Um, and, you know, everybody wants to see her back on the court, but I'm one of those people that if, if she never steps foot on the basketball court again, I, I'm just happy that she's home. Yes, absolutely. That, that makes sense. Um, yeah, Chelsea. So, you know, with, with her being back, like, is it the thing that you think that, again, everybody's situation is different, that she will just kind of be thrusting the basketball and that will be her, uh, you know, kind of safe haven? Or do you feel that she may have a bigger purpose now or, or, or may serve a bigger purpose in getting people to know, uh, you know, the plights of, not only players, but just people uh, being careful of where they travel and, and and how the world works and how dangerous it potentially could be. Or do you think, you know, she's young enough to where she she wasn't over there too long where she could just get back and become an all-star player again? Uh, well, you know, I think that she, just based on the reports and stuff that I've heard, that, you know, when she was over there in Russia, she wasn't doing anything basketball-related because she said sure. it was too painful. So the fact that in her first few days being home, you know, she ran to the court, you know, whether just to shoot around in some Chuck Taylors or not, like, you know, that's where she found her solace. That's where she found comfort. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if she played this upcoming season. Um, I think that, you know, the talent definitely didn't go away. She is one of, you know, the premier players and the best, you know, that the United States, you know, has to offer in terms of talent. Right. So I, I definitely think that we'll see a return. Um, but I just wanted to be on her own time. Like, I think sometimes the the experience in itself can be traumatic, whether, you know, she was, um, you know, abused every day or just, you know, sitting by herself. Like, we, we really don't know the circumstances until she decides to talk about those things. Um, but I just think that I, I do think that we'll see her on the basketball court in the future. And and I like that um, her wife, actually, Sherelle Greiner, um, you know, she is a law student or she got uh, she's a law student. She's, you know, uh, kind of putting this cause together after Brittany's situation where she is trying to help other, you know, prisoners that, you know, are wrongfully detained in other countries and just kind of creating awareness. She's using Brittany's situation to create awareness for others. And I think you're definitely going to see the WNBA and, and, and Brittany, her wife, kind of get behind um, some more causes because of the experience, which I think is, you know, always right. something that's going to be commendable. Um, so I think definitely in the future, you can look forward to that. Uh, but as far as Brittany goes, I, I'm sure she'll be back on the court. I'm excited for whenever that day comes. And I'm sure she's going to just kind of pick up where she left off. I mean, she's Brittany Griner. She's still young. Um, you know. No doubt. 
Makes sense. Yeah. But if you want a little more perspective on this, on episode 120, we talked about that, you know, hoops during a, a world crisis. We even talked to Chloe Wells, who played professionally in Russia. Um, yeah. And she had a, 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 you know, a pretty wild story that she was going there and coming back for the break in, in Christmas time, basically a year ago. And then her mom was kind of, kind of persuading her to not go back. Maybe she thought it was a little dangerous. And then she went back and she obviously had to leave. So yeah, check out episode 120. And you know, yeah, Chelsea, and, and to kind of wrap comment, this up. Yeah, to that comment really quick, Ronnie, there are Americans that have decided to go back to Russia. Um, a couple wow. of them are passport players, but Russia is paying a lot of money right now. So, I mean, I, I know yeah. a lot of people personally wouldn't even touch Russia just because of what's happening. Sure. But, you know, to each his own, there, there's some people that are comfortable with that. Um, then, you know, money talks. So there are oh. players there currently, but not a lot of American players, maybe a handful um, that are that are participating. Is that on the women's side or is that on the men's side or both, Chelsea? Uh, the women's side for sure. Um, I'm not sure about the men's league, to be honest with you. Um, I know the women's side because I know a passport player that's over there. And I know a couple girls that recently, uh, decided to take the deal in, around the 20,000 a month because they had to overpay. It's like hazard pay. You know, we have this yeah. situation, we can't really get, you know, people to come. So they're really paying, um, you know, to get people to go there. And maybe if I'm a player that's, you know, used to making 10,000 a month and somebody doubled it. Um, it, it can seem enticing, you know, for me personally, I wouldn't do that just from a, sure. um, moral compass kind of thing. And what happened with Brittany, one of our own, like I, I personally could not do it, but you know, I don't hate on people that do, if that's a personal decision for you and, and you need that money, then you got to go for it. So. Yeah. We, 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 we talked about on, on previous pods about, a your friend, um, and he went through some stuff in, in a bunker and. In, in Russia, obviously, Chloe had her own ordeal. Yeah, correct. And and you 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 kind of told his story. So this everybody has a different plight. I that's pretty crazy to me that you said because I was just going to ask you that as we as we you know talk about Brittany Griner is what do you think in the future? But it sounds like the answer is already there. People are going back. Um, I was going to ask you about next. Yeah, year well, well, all the high profile, all the high profile WNBA players like that's out. Like all of them that played in Russia are all currently mostly in Turkey or at home um, yeah. uh, or in other leagues. But most of them have ended up in um, in Turkey. They're playing for Fenner uh, or Merson, John Cole Jones, Emma Messamin. Those were all people that were teammates of Brittany Griner and ECAD in Russia. And they, they've all yeah. dispersed. So the, I know for most WNBA players, it's out. But for just girls, you know, that are playing overseas, it's okay for some of them. Yeah, and in episode 115, we talked about that with Kelsey Bone. Go check that out if you get a chance with episode 115. We just talked about the WNBA investment, uh, growing the game so players don't can get more competitive salary. I know there was some talk around that re regarding Brittany Griner, but I, I, to me, it still didn't make financial sense what people are saying. Pay these girls more and so they don't have to go overseas. Well, that's how we're going to get there. Like it's, right. it's nice to pay it, but... It, actually it, doing it, you know what I mean? Actually doing it and making financial sense for the owners and everybody involved is is still a little bit ways off, but we're trying to get there. And, and, and Chelsea, I'm sure you're going to be part of that, and you're going to be part of that in the future, in your future yeah. endeavors after you're done playing. How do you get more people involved? How do you get more people uh, investing? How do you get more people to care? 
So it's it's an ongoing thing, and 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 we you talked about the NBA and, and them honoring old players. Like the WMA is not that old, you know. Right. And, and hopefully this moment gets to people to realize how you know lucky and blessed people are to play professionally, um, whether it's over abroad or or, or domestically here. And, and and you know, like you said, making two hundred thousand dollars for five months of work is pretty good. You know, for a lot of people, that's pretty good. And hopefully it continues to grow and get better. Um, and, you know, good luck to Brittany Griner and her, her future endeavors. Um, speaking of that and, and growth and, and the, the high school game has grown so much. And, and I think last night was kind of one of those moments where you realize what has happened and how much time has gone by. And what we're talking right. about is on Monday night, uh, Sierra Canyon was at home playing Christ the King. And Christ the King has... Uh, a good team at Cayenne Anthony featuring Carmelo Sun and Bronny James, who's a senior, and obviously Bryce James on the team as well. And uh, Sierra Canyon came home with a victory, uh, a home but pretty good victory for them, Anya, uh, overall, considering their their talent level and considering they've lost to Rancho Christian already. They already took a lot. They're not in the Fab 50. Um, it's still, still a very good win. But, I mean, the game was more about the whole – uh, 20 year since yeah. Carmelo was in high school and LeBron was in high school, they're not obviously in the same class. But Ani, just what's your high take of the game? And then, you know, it becoming more about like a celebration of 20 years of basically televised games and in the public getting to know high school players, which we talked to Drew Joyce about that two episodes ago on episode 145. He really gave some good insight. Go listen to it. He obviously played with Le- LeBron James in high school at St. Vincent, St. Mary. And, and uh, you know, that 20-year path. Uh, Ani, just give your quick take about that and, and if you want to talk about the game. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I remember watching LeBron James in, like, a televised uh, game 20 years ago, right? And I was yeah. 10 years old. So now to see uh, Carmelo and uh, LeBron, son, the sons playing, you know, it was, it was just interesting. I mean, being in fifth grade and all of a sudden being 30 years old, <laughs> you know, time flies, you know. Yeah. It's just crazy. I just remember being so amazed by seeing a high school game being televised. Sure. Um, and just seeing LeBron, like, man, this kid, you know, and uh, going back and watching, you know, that's when I got to go back and YouTube just started kind of, things started kind of getting around or videos and you started seeing Carmelo in his game. Sure. Um, so, it, I mean, just 20 years, man. It just, it just seems like it just went by yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. when you talk about the game, uh, I thought Sierra Canyon had a hold on it, had a pretty good hold on it from the beginning sure. to the end. Uh, Christ the King made some runs, but, you know, Isaiah Elohim um, was really good. <laughs> I mean, he just got what he wanted, mid-range, three-pointer, attacking the rim and finishing. Uh, he was just the best player on the court. Uh, Bronny yeah. James was solid. You know, I had 12 points. I think he had, like, five rebounds or five or six rebounds and assists. I just thought he was really solid. Like, he plays within the flow of the game. He utilizes his teammates. He showed his athleticism with some dunks, with some uh, uh, block attempts, rebounds. I just, like we talked about, Ronnie, and what we've all talked about, like, he just continued to get better. Uh, He's not a selfish player. I know guys probably wish he was like his dad and could drop 30 and (laughs) and 40, but that's not his game. Like, and that's not what he's going to be at the next level. So, uh, just seeing him have a productive showing, uh, Isaiah. You know, I know Dinos has uh, made a rant, a little rant tweet about rant. him, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, and Isaiah is good, but he's good. He's really good. Uh, definitely one of the best players in his class in two twenty four, uh, and I thought he got to show it just 
just with his overall play and his versatility offensively. Um, Christ, uh, Christ the King was saw Brandon Williams. I thought, you know, his jumper started to kind of fall a little bit. Saw some sure. upside as a perimeter threat. Seeing Kyan Anthony, I think he's going to be really good <laughs> uh, later on. You know, had that and one where he got the offensive rebound to finish. I thought that showed some toughness. Uh, just a real uh, deep range on the three-point shot. Uh, <laughs> he's not the focal point of that team, but he's going to be really good. Like, I, I think he can turn out to be one of the, like, a top 30 type player in his class. He could. I mean, he has that He has that potential just as he continues to grow and get better. But uh, Sierra Canyon had the lead for the most part. I thought they had control of the game even when Christ the King was making a run. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it, was a, it was a solid game. It was a solid, good game. Uh, but like you said, it was more about the hype just 20 years and looking back where you were 20 years ago <laughs> when all this was starting to kind of occur. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, 20 years ago, I was I was getting, you know, the Fat 50 was already around a few years. We had, we'd grown it from the national prep poll with, with Doug and Mark. And uh, it was it was in the national magazine. It was on and then it went on to TV when we were with ESPN. And now there's more rankings. And, and it's just funny to see, like, the highlights of, that game. And I think if you're just the average fan, you would think Carmelo played against LeBron on TV and that uh, Oak Hill got their butts kicked, unless you really know the the history of it. And kind of like Drew Joyce said, you know, we lost to them a few times and then we, we they knew they were going to, they were seniors and they were going to put it on them or they felt they were going to put it on them. And I think that's the part that was missing from the broadcast. And Chelsea, maybe you have a view of it. I want to get your opinion. Like, so the average person who maybe likes college basketball or the NBA, they might just say, oh, this is cool. It's 20 years later. You really had to been paying attention to know, like, technically Carmelo and LeBron didn't play 20 years ago. They actually played in February of 2002 when Carmelo was a senior and when LeBron was a junior. And that was a great game. It was like a six-point game, 78-72, I think. And, and both of them had a great game. But, like, if you're just watching a telecast, you just – think that that is uh you're just going by what they they're, they're saying on air so chelsea what, kind of what's your opinion of that do you think there should be more because high school is not as factual or as easy to re research as like nba records or nba standings you know what's your take there just as, as a as a fan of the game chelsea a fan of all levels yeah i mean i think as a casual fan you're absolutely right um, you know, sometimes ESPN could just put something out there. And if you don't know what you don't know, then you just kind of go with it. Um, I didn't actually get to watch the game, um, but I did, you know, get to see the highlights. Um, and most of the information that I saw about the game was just surrounding the Carmelo and Ron reunion of, of their children. You know, like I didn't really, you know, hear too much about, you know, the game in, in general being spectacular. Um, I, you know, I saw the all the celebrities that were courtside. I saw Kim uh, Kardashian was there. Khloe Kardashian yeah. was there. Like this is the information <laughs> that was popping up on my, on my feed. Sure. So I know that, you know, the casual fans are not taking time to fact check the information that they might be hearing if they're watching this broadcast. Um, but, it will, you know, I think it's good for the sport, you know, to be able to have a connection. You hear so much on these podcasts um, in general and just Braun and his interviews talking about hopefully one day playing with his son. So to see, sure. you know, them, Kyle Anthony and Bronny matchup and you know Bronny's just inching closer to the NBA if he if he happens to make it there um in hopes of playing with his dad so I think it's just a way for ESPN to kind of tie it all together yeah that makes sense yeah. but I'm, I'm with you Ronnie I'm with you Ronnie like I thought the it was a little I want 
I'll say a little lazy on the fact checking, <laughs> right? I think, yeah. uh, you know, so it's so talk about like, oh, LeBron and Carmelo played on ESPN this time. Like, and that's not true. Uh, but I get, you know, painting a narrative. I, I understand that. But uh, yeah. I thought there was like, uh, we're missing a couple of things. Even you talked about like, there's high school games that were televised in the 90s, <laughs> even in the yeah. late 80s, you know, but I get it. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting because Jay Billis was there. And Jay Billis was at the game in Cleveland when O'Kill played uh, LeBron in them, you know, 20 years ago. Dick Vitale was doing that game, and Dick Vitale didn't really want to do that game to start with. He was like, why are we having a high school player on TV kind of thing? You know, is this necessary? But that, hey, kudos to them and other people. That's where the vision was going, and this was the guy to take it over the top. Right. We talked about that. Um, that game 20 years ago in December 2002 was the highest rated live broadcast ESPN2 had to that point. So they knew they had something. Again, you don't have a LeBron every year. And I think that's something maybe we we would talk about on this podcast, but I wish people on TV, national TV would talk about like, you know, every year there's not a LeBron type player. You right. know, and we've talked about that even with this class, with the national players of the year candidates of recent years. Like that's a once in a decade, once in a 25 year type of thing to have that guy come along like that and it, and it all worked out, you know, but yeah, definitely. And, and I just think with Dick Vitale, very interestingly enough, he kind of made a statement about, you know, uh, Dick Vitale made a statement about, you know, that like what he thought of the game 20 years ago, and he's obviously 20 years older now. Right. Right. And, and but the thing is Dick Vitale also did ESPN's first high school broadcast with um, John Saunders, who's done a lot of like news and Chris Fowler, who's done a lot of college football. And it was December 8th, 1987. So it was another 15 years before that game. It was at the King Cotton and they, they televised a lot of the King Cotton games in the late eighties. And they did a real, a big one on it with uh, two of the top players in the country, Corliss Williamson and Jason Kidd. So like, I wish they had kind of mentioned that the games have been on TV before randomly and obviously there's other channels where games have been on sports channel America. And obviously local cable has a bunch of games and um, you know, over the, the late eighties and nineties, there's a bunch of high school games on TV. So I wish they would have mentioned that, that like LeBron was the guy to take this to the next level and have like a normal slate of games or a yearly slate of games, which to his credit, that's something he could take credit for. But like just a, having a game on on air no games have already been on air you know right. what I mean? like even with the NESPN, yeah. that's their own company so like and dick vitale did the game dick vitale did the game in the 80s he did the lebron that would have been a cool thing to mention and to mention john saunders and or chris fowler to show yeah. how long they've been doing it you know what i mean and it was a good yeah. those were good broadcasts i watched them as kids and and they, you know i was obviously interested in seeing the jason kidd game when he got a chance to play on national team because everybody over here in california knew him so the country got to know him, but yeah, overall, I, I, the game itself, like you said, like Chelsea said, is more of a celebration, but the game itself, I, I, you know, I want to ask you about that. Cause I saw Cardinal Hayes and you saw Cardinal Hayes at the Thanksgiving hoop fest. Right. And Christ the King couldn't shoot as a team. They just couldn't shoot. You know, they can't shoot, shoot jumpers. Cardinal Hayes was pretty good <laughs> hanging in there, but you know, Perry really put it on them. No matter what our guy Ian could do, they didn't right. have enough inside for, for Koa Pete. And Colorado bound Cody Williams, uh, you know, what did you see from the, I just see a little too much one-on-one -on -one, too much, 
dribbling and dancing on the perimeter. What do you what do you think both of these teams have to do to turn it around and going into that December 18th game, which is going to be in New York? You know, um, they're obviously good good players on both teams. Both teams have multiple D1 players, but especially Ian Jackson is a, a national top right. five type of guy. But, like, what are they going to do to turn this around? What do they got to do? Well, I think when you look at Christ the King, about yeah. I think you look at uh, guys with possession, th- their possessions has got to be valued more, right? Obviously, yeah. they're not a great jump shooting team, but I do think they rush possessions and they take they rush, uh, yeah. inefficient shots, right, where they could get those uh, – a little bit later obviously you got to play within the shot clock so i'm not telling you to take 40 seconds off and you know it's whatever but i think they can just have better ball movement they got guys that can't space it uh the the kid from china he can really shoot yeah. the basketball okay, okay. yeah like you know maybe put him in with some more pick and pop scenarios utilize him on some off ball stuff uh to get him open i think there's some guys that can make shots with some confidence and some better ball movement that's just a big thing with me with christ the king and defensively they do have lapses like off ball like you know guys falling asleep and you know just not really sticking to their man i just think it's more discipline yeah you know stuff that, you know, fundamental stuff that they can get better at. Uh, I think Cardinal Hayes, I think they just need more production off the front line. Some guy, yeah. guys, you know, I just think they kind of uh, – they, I know they have the one big. I think he could provide more for them, especially on the glass and just as a just someone that can wall up and protect the rim. I think they can rebound better. You know, looking at them against Lake Highlands, I thought Lake Highlands just was just more aggressive in the paint uh, against them, even yeah. though they have guys that can score like Elijah Moore. And then you have the other guard and the Ian Jackson's become more of a facilitator as well. So he's utilized his team uh, pretty well. I just think like in the interior is where Cardinal Hayes really struggles. You know, I just think that they don't rebound consistently enough. They don't play physical enough. <laughs> um, and I feel, and, and and I think if they did those things, uh, they'd be in a better situation. <laughs> Which you will have a better quality game, you know, going into the 18th. Which you know, I hope, I hope I don't go out there and it's a blowout. You know, I want, I want a, I want a, I want a good game. So yeah, we're speaking of Steven Solano, and interesting enough, we were talking about the big guy who needs to really, uh, you know, uh, neutralize <laughs> the interior for for Cardinal Hayes, and um, he was at Donda last year. So this is a step up in just being. Uh, you know, kind of productive, like you said, for every big game, uh, Ani. He, he, he did, I don't know what he did against uh, Lake Highlands, who's playing very good. And obviously, they're moving up in the Fab 50. They, they, they're doing a, a great job. But he wasn't very productive against uh, Coe Pete and company in, in Phoenix. No. How was he against Lake Highlands? It was just okay. I mean, he just, he just, a, he just a kid. Salon just a guy, a player that he leaves you wanting more, right? Uh, obviously, he's a Division I basketball <laughs> prospect, but he's not. He could just give more, and I think it's it's an effort thing, you know, more so than it's just like a skill problem. It's a it's just an effort. <laughs> if he yeah. if he just gave more effort, I think Cardinal Hayes they have enough offense to compete. But I think if he put more effort in the in walling up and block, just attempting to block shots, just alter a shot and yeah. rebound, I think it just it'll get the other guys to want to do the same thing. You know, a lot of people. Teams, when you see your big guy playing soft, most time the guards or the guards, you when you need them to rebound the wings, they're not doing that either because they're looking at the big guy like, what? He ain't doing it, so why why y'all getting mad at me? But yeah. when you see him doing that, then it kind of brings energy from everyone else. Like, okay, we got to get to his level, and yeah. uh, that that it's just an energy thing with him. 
Yeah, no doubt. Ani, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you really quick. Uh, how do you uh, rate Ian Jackson's just individual performance? I know you said the team is, you know, kind of had their ups and downs, but individually from him, is he meeting your expectations, doing what, you know, you expected him to do, or what? what's your kind of feedback on him? Yeah, I would think that um, I saw them twice. So I saw them against Duncanville, which is obviously one of the best teams in the country. They're still undefeated. And they had a 20 to six lead, Chelsea. Yeah. And then like the, the, the roof kind of caved in. Duncanville picked it up defensively. They really get after it defensively. We talked about that as a team. And uh, it's a little, even though Ian was hitting his shots, it's a little too much one-on-one. And not just from him, but from the team right. perspective. And it kind of carries over. So then another guy tries a one-on-one move. It's just too much dancing with the ball, yeah. not enough ball movement, not enough sharp cutting. And... You know, Ian's still competing, even against Perry when they were losing big. They lost really big, Chelsea, like 70 yeah. to 27. They lost by like oh, 25. Wow. And Perry's uh, playing really good, Perry from Arizona. And they have two great players. And, and and Cardinal Hayes has one really great player. But, like, he still competed. He got in his stance, did good. So, individually, he's doing fine. But as we talked about, like, when you're losing by that many and, and, and you had a yeah. big league on Duncanville and gave it away, it doesn't look good. That game against Perry totally got away from them from right from the beginning. It wasn't competitive. Right. So no matter what he did, it, it looked like he was playing catch-up and, and settling. So I think he's doing pretty good, but I think they need to pick it up. Uh, both teams need to pick it up. Cardinal Hayes fell out of the Fat 50. Not so much because they can't play at that level, but because they're, they're taking losses. They're 2-4. and four. Yeah, 2-4. And and Christ the King. Yeah, two and four is just not, you know, there's enough teams. There's more teams that are 7-1, and 8-2 and two that are going right. to in. And, and they're going to have to rebound. They're going to have to regroup and rebound. And Stepanak's playing pretty good. Archbishop Stepanak mm-hmm. was also out in New York, and they got a good team. So this game on the 18th is going to be big for both teams. They kind of need to re- re- regroup and and get it together. And I will say this, though. Um, that goes to what we said in, in our preseason Fab 50 show about a month ago is is uh, the, the practice time is different. Duncanville's been playing at a high level since early November, and the new, these New York teams are barely getting into it. Barely getting yeah. into their season. So, right. very interestingly enough, as we, as we look at the new Fab 50, and I'll, I'll just scroll down it real quick. Paul the Six from Virginia takes over at 5-0. and oh. They're playing very good. Montverde mm-hmm. stays at number two. They do have the loss to Compass Prep, which is very close, but Compass Prep now has two losses. So, IMG, which beats Compass mm-hmm. Prep, now jumps up to number three this week. IMG was out at the Hoop Hall. They, they beat Compass 68-62. And now Compass comes in at number four. At nine and two, they have a split with Wasatch. They beat Wasatch on the return game and then lost to IMG. So that's where their nine and two record comes in. Right. Um, so number okay. five, and that's the point I'm trying to get to, Chelsea's number five is now Roselle Catholic. So Roselle is oh and oh. Right. And the reason I say that, Chelsea, is they're gonna go to the Bahamas for a guy, Glenn Smith, uh Ani's guy, Glenn Smith, our guy from Texas. He has a great event in the Bahamas, the yeah. Hoop Fest in Paradise. Great experience for the players. Um, They're going to fly to Bahamas, and Roselle Catholic is 0-0, and they're going to play Duncanville. So Duncanville, like we said, they're already 9-0. and They've already beat like seven ranked teams, so it's not equal. Would I be surprised if Duncanville beat Roselle? No. It's the same thing with the New York teams. They're not in sync. Roselle might be great. It might win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Duncanville wins even though I have them ranked one spot lower just because of the, you know, they've already played nine high level games. 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that that's where it's not balanced. So hopefully, you know, the New York teams and the New Jersey teams are usually better later. They get started later because of the winter calendar and things like that. So that that's going to be a great uh, a great game and a great event. And Oak Ridge from Orla uh, Orlando, Florida, is also going out there. They'll be at yeah. Tark Ani. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of that's kind of where where to answer your question about Ian. They just need to pick it up as a team, and I think that help him individually. So. Yeah, you know, um, Ani, as we take a look at the rest of the rankings, you know, like I said, Paul the Six is um, number one, and they got to go to City of Palms, which will start on the 17th. And, and, and they're obviously now going to look at it. They got to win. They're probably going to place Columbus. Columbus beat Wheeler. You know, uh, Paul the Six doesn't really have a superstar per se. They have a really deep team, one of their deepest teams ever. You know, what, what do you kind of look at it when, you, when you're looking at the City of Palms now? Do you think from the other side, like, uh, you know, Wheeler with Isaiah Collier is going to maybe play Jared McCain? <coughs> it looks like Columbus may play uh, if the seeds hold up in the rankings. So if Columbus right. would play Paul the Six in the semis. Like, what do you see there? And, and do you think it's going to go? Or do you think another team's going to kind of come up from one of the lower seeds? You know, kind of looking at the season, I think it's just going to kind of go – uh, the way you're talking about, I think Wheeler was see Cronus Centennial. Um, got to watch Wheeler, uh, some you know, even though they lost Columbus, I mean, they're really good. Uh, you got uh, Isaiah Collier, you got Arrington Page, and they're just a really, really balanced team. I mean, they're they just got a lot of pieces that mesh well together. Uh, so I see them playing Cronus Centennial. Obviously, they came down and uh, they played in a thriller against Duncanville at the Hoop Fest, and they had a convincing victory the day before. So I kind of see that being the same. Uh, Columbus, it's interesting. I got to see more of that bracket. They're, they're kind of up and down to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. You know, yeah. uh, I think they sometimes a little, they play like a little top heavy, right? Like sometimes right. they're too reliant on uh, Cameron Boozer. And uh, this will be interesting to see what kind of what shakes out with that. But Paul the Six, I mean, love watching them play. You know, you got Deshaun uh, Harris-Smith and you got Darren Harris. They're just, and you got, what, they got a multiple like uh takeover kids um uh, sure the yb also like they played they played together a lot of those guys played together in the summer played together for years and uh you talked about there's not like a real just big time star like that but they just they're just so balanced that yeah. uh i just see i see paul the six just you know i, I see them winning the whole thing to be honest wow. with you yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean they, i talked to coach uh, Farello last night as, as they were going to be number one. And this was his quote. He said, junior point guard Ben Hammond has been a catalyst, dictating tempo, setting the tone. And we kind of mentioned that in the preseason when they started number three, you know, what could keep them from maybe reaching the level they want is the, they didn't have a true point guard. Uh, but he looks like he's emerged. Ben Hammond, 224. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Darren Harris going to Duke is a junior. And Deshaun Harris-Smith is going to Maryland. And Isaiah Abraham is a uh, transfer who's done really well for them. He's 224. So they got a deep team, maybe their deepest team ever. And you mentioned the bracket, Ani. And Paul the Six is going to win their first game. It's right. just a local team they're playing. Canterbury from, from, from Florida. And then they got the winner of Lake Highlands Newton. So I'm going to put, so who's going to win between Lake Highlands Newton? And then it'll be Ooh. that winner's going to play Paul. What do you think there? Obviously, Lake Highlands playing pretty good. They got the close one point loss to Duncanville. You know, I'm from Dallas, so you know you would think I'm gonna go Lake Collins. I'm gonna go Newton. I think I think oh, wow. Newton surprises. I 
They knew okay. surprise when beats like Highlands. Wow. So then noon will play Paul, and you think Paul's going to get by that game? Yeah. Correct. On the other side, it looks like Columbus because the way the schedule works, they're going to they don't have that first game, so they're going to play the winner of Myers Park in North Laurel. North mm -hmm. Laurel is from Kentucky, so they'll, they'll probably advance most likely. And then on on the other side, uh, we mentioned uh, Centennial will probably play Wheeler in a quarterfinal game. And then uh, Archbishop Stepanak is there, and Imatep's playing uh, Randy Livingston's team out of Newman. Oh, uh, Isidore Newman. Of, yeah, that Isidore Newman. So that should be a great game. And anybody can come out of that side. It looks like Centennial, Wheeler, that winner might be the, the team to come out, but maybe Imatep does really well. So that's an awesome event. As we switch gears toward Tark, we mentioned Oak Ridge, and Oak Ridge is going to play um, Sunrise out there in the Bahamas. Yeah. And then they open with St. Bernard um, at Tark on Monday, the 19th of December. Both teams are undefeated right now. I don't know if Oak, Hill, uh, Oak Ridge will be undefeated going into that game. But uh, on that side, they're on the, the same side of the bracket. So they're going to play. Uh, Oak Ridge is going to play St. Augustine, which is still undefeated, Ani. And then uh, Faith Family, which is still undefeated, is going to play. Uh, St. Bernard's with, yeah. with Tony Bland, who, you know, obviously was a previously college coach. He got caught up in the, in the scandals mm -hmm. we talk about, and he's, he's making his recovery to, you know, uh, making his name in coaching and starting with a really good high school team. Tell us a little bit about Faith Family on have They've been playing well. They've been winning some good games. They're not great teams, but they're still undefeated. I have them up to number 42 this week. Um, you know, you, know, you talk about uh, Paul, Paul, the six, when you talk to the coach, he, you know, one of the questions was the point guard play and Hammond has obviously stepped up and has yeah. led them to be the number one team in the country. Uh, uh, Faith family kind of has a similar, uh, was that similar question mark, you know, getting Isaac Williams from uh, Oklahoma was a big uh, addition to 24 guard. He's more of a combo, but he's understanding how to take the lead as the primary guard and getting others involved. So, you know, Faith Family's been playing well. They won some close games, like against Lancaster. Um, yeah, they did. They've also had some just really some tougher games. And, uh, you know, it'll get tougher, you know, now that they're going to Tark and everything like that. But they've been playing well. Jaden Toppin, who's a – a 2023 New Mexico commit has been fantastic. I think New Mexico got a steal <laughs> with that yeah. kid, like a pogo stick athlete that has a really good touch coming off his right shoulder. Uh, that Dorian Onwucheku, uh, he's a 224 big. He's really coming on as a late. He's a high major big. You know, they have pieces, you know, and they have size. They got some really young uh, 226s that are in the rotation and helping them out some. Uh, but Isaac Williams, the addition of him has got them to where they're at right now. And he's someone that can score, get to the paint, but uh, I think he's just becoming a better point guard and knowing when to get the ball to Jaden, when to get the ball to Dorian, and, you know, and also know when to balance and get his own. So that's really fake family. And it'll be interesting seeing with just with some tougher comp, you know, how it looks yeah. and yeah. how the young guys fare. Yeah. Cause St. Bernard is still undefeated They're on the bubble. Uh, they got a really good young player in Caleb Verscher, who's Juan Verscher's son, who played at ASU. And then they got Trevor Reza's son, Taj, um, a freshman. He's about 6'6", 14 years old. He's really good. And, you know, that's a, that's going to be a step up in competition. So so that side of the bracket is St. Bernard Fade family. Coronado, who started pretty well, obviously. They got Sebastian Mack. He's going to UCLA. Uh, they lost out in uh, – they lost their first game to Simeon. 
uh, Chicago out in Phoenix, but they, they played pretty well. And he's had a good start to the season. So they got St. Ignatius of, of uh, Cleveland, who's obviously coached by uh, uh, Drew Joyce's brother. He's, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that on the pod a couple weeks ago, and they have a pretty good team. So they open up against Coronado. Bishop Gorman opens against Putnam City West. Bishop Gorman is going to try to recover from their loss to Centennial. Uh, you know, Jace Richardson's coming back from his injury. Junie Mobley didn't shoot too well. So they usually play pretty good at home. So they're most likely going to get by that first round game. Putnam City West is one of the teams that uh, I think that Faith Family beat, Ani. And then um, yeah, okay. Faith Family also beat uh, on the other side of the bracket, Durango. They beat them by two points. So they're on the other mm-hmm. side of the bracket. So then uh, Bishop Gorman will likely play Oak Ridge. And, and if Oak Ridge, you know, is get some rest from the Bahamas, because remember, Oak Ridge is going to play <laughs> Saturday, right, travel man. Sunday, and play Monday. So that that's and then they got to play. That's a pretty good thing. Uh, Chelsea's like no, that. Gorman's, Gorman's, got it. Gorman's got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gorman has to recover. Chelsea. They didn't play too good. Yeah, they didn't play too good in in Phoenix. They just didn't shoot it well. And obviously they play good at home, but uh, Centennial is obviously one of the best teams in the country. And then as we go to the other side of the bracket, Liberty, who's had some tough games. We talked about Liberty being on the bubble, Ani. They have a great point guard, but that size they didn't have. They're two and two so far. They lost two games in Utah. Utah's hard to beat good teams in Utah. They, they're usually disciplined, and, and Liberty's going to have to show that they can rebound and somebody else besides the Don Thomas can, can do something. Uh, you know, make a big impact offensively. So Liberty Gott's got undefeated Kel of, of Georgia. Kel's doing pretty well. West Ranch, who beat Notre Dame in, in West Ranch, still undefeated from Valencia, California. They got our guy Jazz Gardner. They got a good team. They played Rainier Beach, uh, Rainier Beach from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then Durango opens with Modern Day. And Calvary Christian of Florida opens with Bishop O'Connell. So most likely Calvary Christian will advance. Durango may play Calvary Christian. You would think West Ranch would play the winner of Liberty Kell. So not a, it's really balanced. There's not a great team. Maybe maybe Gorman usually plays well at home. But, uh, you know, it, it should be a great event. And even the second division, Ani, has some good teams. You know, good depth. And those all those games for, for fans that are listening on the West Coast, all those Monday games are at the Orleans Arena. All eight first-round games starting, like, at 10 in the morning. And if you want to do something before Christmas – um, you know, you go out there and watch them support the Tar Classic. Uh, Chelsea, how many more games do you guys have before Christmas? I don't know if Chelsea can hear us. Uh, um, two, actually. Two, two games. Yeah. Um, we actually play the day after Christmas. Can you hear me? Or did I break up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 26. You good. Can you hear me? Yep. You play on the 26th. Yeah, so I think Chelsea's Sorry, got a little bit of an audio cutting in and out. Yeah, today. So she's got a little bit of an audio issue, but Ani, yeah, you know, um, those should be some good games. And then you can after, hear me now? yep, can you hear us? Go ahead, Chelsea. Yeah, so we have, yeah, so we have two games. We play actually the day after uh, Christmas on the twenty sixth, um, and we have no Christmas break, so. Is there really Christmas out here, Ronnie? Not really. You know, we're just playing <laughs> basketball. As, as Americans, yeah. we'll uh, get together. We always, you know, yeah. kind of have dinner 
with each other, hang out. But other than that, it goes by. The day comes and goes, and we're back on the court the next day, and it's pretty much how it is. Got you. Now, Ben, depending on your schedule, I, has your mom been out there a few times, a few of the years? Or is my that mom, usually a day? Yeah, uh, my, mom, my mom's pretty much come out here every year until COVID hit. So she's God, been to God. Israel at least, yeah, at least seven times of my 10 seasons okay. here. Oh, that's um, great. I'm hopeful great. that she'll, yeah, I'm hopeful that she'll come, um, you know, in January um, in 2023, uh, since this is probably the last go around. So we got to see your baby play live one more time. <laughs> one more year. Me and Anya are pushing for one more year. One more year. <laughs> so, but no, Chelsea's body oh, is not going that way. Um, yeah, you know, so for, for us, yeah, there's not much break, Ani. I mean, you know, the, the TARC runs to the 22nd. I guess the 23rd, 24th, then right at it on the 26th, uh, Damien starts and, and Tory Pines and things like that. Does the Whataburger start on the 26th or 27th? I think it's the 27th. I so you have a day. I'm pretty sure the 27th. And you also have most of those post-Christmas events are. Yeah, you'll have a day to relax depending on the day. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a whirlwind couple of weeks, but yeah, you know, for us, we'll be back most most likely on January the 3rd, Tuesday, January 3rd. So mark your calendars. Again, we appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. It's episode 147. We're getting close to 150. You know, what do you guys uh, just make your predictions? A couple little quick predictions for 223. You know, Ani, what do you think? Start with you at the high school level, college, and then the NBA, just or, or, or pro ball. What do you, what, anything crazy going to happen or is it going to go? As, as 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 expected, or do you see something big change? Some big change coming up. Obviously, we got normal schedule. Right. Uh, you know, live period is going to be normal. The, the NCAA camps are coming back. But what do you think? Well, for the NBA, Pelicans make it to the NBA finals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually they, decent. Though. That's decent. Yeah, the I know. right. They're going to make the NBA finals. College basketball, um, it's just an, it's probably gonna. I, it's hard to say it's gonna be the craziest NCAA tournament, yeah. but this is gonna be one of the crazier NCAA tournaments because there's literally not a big difference between the highs and the mid majors at all. So I don't see much of a difference. Uh, be interesting what hires are gonna happen. Uh, the new coaches. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I don't know what prediction to make on that, but it's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of shaking. You know, there's going to be a lot of new uh, first-year head coaches. Um, yeah. You see, you're, you're, we're starting to see the shift of, like, the younger guys. and The, the younger guys you know, getting jobs. And this assistant coaches. I think we see more of that in the high school realm. Uh, I think we'll see more – that first live period is that first weekend in April. Yes. Yeah, so, that's. I mean, that's going to be the same. Transfer portal. I mean, it's going to be the, yeah. more of the same. It's going to be transfer yeah. portal. Got, colleges are going to really start recruiting those guys this, the uh, last April live period, the NCAA camps and stuff like that. I think high school is recruiting and basketball is going to be more of the same until, you know, probably 224, 225. Yeah, it's going to be more of the same. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. In terms of if you think the Pelicans are have a real good chance, and I think you're right, it would cause basketball. Maybe the tournament is not going to be the best tournament ever, but I think the lead up, who gets in, who's yeah. out, first four <laughs> in, that's going to be crazy. The conference tournaments are going to be crazy. 
you know, I agree with that. Again, the, the NCAA tournament could be wide open. Sometimes the games are great. Sometimes they're, they're not as great, but last year was pretty good. And it's just balanced all, all the way around. Uh, Chelsea, how about you? Do you have any predictions on, you know, whether what's going to happen? I mean, any trade, the WNBA, is something going to happen to merge? Is uh, the Lakers going to make the playoffs? Or, or is it just going to be the Celtics and, and or the Bucks at the end? Okay, I'm going to give my dark horse NBA champion, um, which I like the Clippers. What I saw them do versus Boston the other day with everybody healthy and, a, you know, a great coach and a solid roster, like, I don't think teams want to play them when, okay. when it comes down the line. Um, we talked about NBA a little bit earlier. Just the trend with the NBA is always the same. Like, the regular season's kind of like whatever. When it starts getting closer to the playoffs, like, people start picking it up and, like, playing for real. But I think that there's a lot, um, a lot of teams that have a good chance. You know, um, I think it's definitely more balanced than we see in the past. But I think you always have to kind of err on the side of people that have done it before. And I think yeah. that's kind of what Boston is going to have to fight to get over that hump. Um, you know, if they do play the Warriors championship pedigree, you know, they have their number when they play them or they end up playing against the Clippers. Kawhi, multiple championships, you know, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So uh, Clippers are probably dark horse for NBA. Um, WNBA. Hmm. WNBA, I think the Aces might run it back. You know, Becky yeah. Hammond, coach of the year, first time champion. For, I mean, first year coaching, first year champion. Uh, they're bringing back their core. So I can definitely see the Aces um, kind of doing it again because they have Aces coming back. Uh, as far as high school goes, you know, I just have to go with the Vegas teams. Bishop Gorman, they are going to be in the mix, Ronnie, and they are going to surprise people at this Tart Classic coming up. And Junie will have a better shooting performance. And yeah. I'm all about Vegas. So I always follow the Vegas teams in high school. You guys already know I'm biased. <laughs> and that's that's it. Those are my votes. And last but not least, I, too will be, I will be a champion on my way out. I'm calling wow. it now. On hey. the end, there, you will be a there you go. And then yeah. I hang up my shoes for good, y'all. So I yeah. got to get so, on out of here with one more championship. We have a cup championship league championship i gotta get one of them and then i'm out here yeah so before you come home we're gonna have to get like a couple of your teammates on the pod for sure like you know i don't know whether they'll just have to talk about something and and what you're like we want to know what you're like yeah all your friends and all your friends in vegas to know what you're like when you're you're over there huh Yes, I have a reputation. They're going to tell you I yell, I'm crazy in this. But then, you know, it's all good. We go have some shakshuka and a cappuccino after the game, and we're all friends again. You know how it works. It's just a competitive <laughs> spirit while I'm on the court. So. Sure. But I will hold you to that. I will bring I will some people that you guys can ask questions to for sure. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, so you're kind of like a Chris Paul, basically, like the nice person in the State Farm commercials, yeah. but then on the you court know, you're kind of like a meme. <laughs> I like the Chris Paul comparison until he started tripping and elbowing people. I don't want to be a dirty player. I want to be... <laughs> but yeah. yes, in terms of leadership, I, I'm super emotional. I'm vocal. I'm yelling. I'm crazy. But at the same time, I'm the pers first person to yell and cheer when my teammates do something great as well. So at yeah. least that kind of like balances it out, you know. But yeah, Chris Paul's over there tripping Jose Alvarado. I don't want to be a part of that. So <laughs> pick somebody else for me. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, if the maybe the Clippers, wow, if Kawhi Leonard does to her third team again, he's had his chances. 
I don't know. That would be crazy. If they do win, people in LA would go, they'll be wow. It would be Boy. a big well, yeah. People just won't know how Did to react. Did you see him last night? 25 points, no. 25 minutes. He was sharp. He was very That's sharp. a one game. Yeah, you will see. I know, I mean, but he he's saying it's a it's a progress. You know, we had the ACL. Yeah. He's got to just ease into it. We've been saying that for the past there. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this, well, Chelsea. I'm a Kawhi fan. And... Yep, I got you. We got you on the Kawhi. We know why you like Kawhi. Um, I like Kawhi too because he's you. from California. I hope he does good. I mean, he's already had a great year, a great career. So this will be icing on the cake. But uh, LeBron James, uh, you know, Bronny, they, 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 you talked about that a little bit. And is he going to play an NBA regular season NBA game with his son, even if it's not twenty in twenty four or twenty five? Or do you think that's too far off? And you know he's going to see the writing on the wall after next year, or or is he going to ride it out and play two, three more years hmm. to play with Bronny? Because obviously Bronny was this year. Bronny has to do one year of somewhere, and then he can play with him in 24, 25. Bron is going to hold on to play with him, you know, and wow. I think he's going to get that opportunity because, you know, the family name, um, the cool yeah. narrative that would be behind it, the kind of suspense that has led up to it. We've been talking about this for years. So, you know, I, I see Bronny as a very talented player. I don't think he has, like, NBA written on him right now, but I think that he has all the resources and the tools, so maybe he'll become that, you know, one day. But I sure. think that he can, you know, have the opportunity to play with his dad based off of just his dad being his dad. And I very much so see LeBron hanging on um, to fulfill that kind of, you know, dream of his. Yeah, and he'll have all kind of scoring record. He'll have a... They'll have all the longevity records by that time. I, I, I hope it works out, but I don't want to see him like a shell of himself either. You know, I don't think he will right. be like, in, you know, because this year he'll be good. And then next year, how good will he be? And then 24, 25, you know, that it, it, he's going to have a lot of miles, but he'll still be co competitive and, and contributing to the team. So, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. 223 should be great. Again, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we still have holiday deals up to 50% off uh, through this month. Um, you know, if you spend $100 or more, you get a, a free shoulder bag from Balls Life. We appreciate everybody checking out BallsLife.com, checking out the pod, sharing it with people on Spotify and iTunes and on YouTube. We hope to keep growing it, so we appreciate people tuning in this whole year. But I think for uh, all three of us, we're going to log off for this episode 147 and for the year, and we'll come back and talk to you guys in early 223 on episode 148. But for thank you for listening, and we're logging off. Peace. Yeah.